Beam Babe. Welcome to the Beam Life Podcast, where we are all about honoring your truth, prioritizing your passions, and unlocking your potential. Let's go. I'm your host, Caitlin, and it's my calling in life to create this community of like-minded, kick-ass women ready to make moves and live a life they are obsessed with. So if you're ready to be everything and more, babe, let's get this party started. Hey, babe. Welcome to the Beam Life Podcast. I am so happy you're here. I am so excited about this week's guest. Her name is Suzanne Herschel. Uh, We met not that long ago online, and it was through a mutual community group, and I was instantly inspired by her story and all that she is offering to the performing arts community. And even though we're obviously not a performing arts community, and I'm not a performing artist, her experience from growing up as a professional former ballerina is relatable to all of us because it's a story of finally discovering what it's like to make decisions on your own, listening to your intuition, um, you know, dealing with the perfectionism plague, all that stuff. So she really has a fresh new perspective on all of those things that really, I believe, will resonate with you at a deep level. So I want to tell you a little bit about Suzanne. She is the founder of Point to Rise, an empowerment society for dancers. She's a podcast host, a former international ballerina, and founder of Rise Media, an experienced principal chief executive officer. She's now dedicating her time after working in corporate America and running her own businesses to building community among performing artists, providing mindset and high performance coaching and building Rise Media, a platform that is building the bridge between performing arts and business, enabling this industry to become a sustainable entity of society by reimagining what entertainment looks like in the 21st century and tapping into the power of media and crypto. So Bean Babe, you know what time it is. It's time to get that party started. Let's go. What's going on, Bean Babe? I am so excited. We have Suzanne Perschel here and she is just a delight. And I know I say and rave all these amazing things about our guests every single time. But Suzanne is so unique because she's bringing something to the table that is super fresh for all of you listeners. And we recently met by happenstance because we both ended up being in our this mastermind kind of uh, educational one-hour webinar thing, I guess, if you will. Um, and you know, we just kind of met through the chat box, which is random these days, but this is the world we live in. And I believe that this universe brought us together to bring both of our gifts to you today. So I feel super honored to have Suzanne. So without further ado, Suzanne, how are you? Oh, what a beautiful intro. Thank you so much, my darling. Um, I am so great. I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since we got off the phone last time we chatted. Um, And I think you're right. It is so divinely guided and so put together for for a reason. I I truly believe in that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So you have a lot of history, mostly in the performing arts and dance, and we're going to get into all of that. 
but, um, I know it's a loaded question. And whenever someone asks me, tell me about yourself, you know, it's like, what, what, what are we going to talk about? There's so much, but today, how would you summarize Suzanne? Who are you? And you know, what's important that you feel like these listeners know, um, as a backstory about you? Mm. Gosh, that is such a good question. Um, you know, I do, I do struggle with when, when I'm asked that question. So who <laughs> Me are too, you? Me too, every like, time. <laughs> that's, <laughs> how long do I have? What can I say? What can I not say? And I don't, you know, you can read up in a bio what, what really has happened to us. And I, I don't want to go there. But I would say I would describe myself from, from growing up in an Eastern Bloc country, um, pre-wall fall to becoming a founder of a media company. And that journey definitely has not been easy, but I also didn't want it any other way. I'm also a mother of three beautiful boys. I am happily married for, well, in March, it's going to be 20 years. We've been together for Amazing. 22. Um, I moved countries three times. I lived on three continents so far. And it doesn't stop here. Like it, and I, I believe like from my my years in in um, elite schools and in the elite ballet world and high performing and you know you never can make mistakes. I am now just learning what that really means to make mistakes and to be okay with that. I am just now learning how to ask for help. I am just yeah. now finding my voice and. I, I think that is the biggest gift ever because we're never done learning. And yes. yeah, that's who I am. I'm, I am just rediscovering who I am. I think that's such a beautiful way to put it too, because I'm a big believer if we're not growing, if we're not learning, we're dying, right? We don't just stay stagnant. We're either growing or dying. And so um, constantly being on this journey of discovery and then finding other women along the way, like yourself to do that with, and to learn from is such a gift. And it's interesting because when we first started speaking, I was like, okay, how am I going to take this, her background in performing arts? And I know she mostly speaks to dancers and how is this going to relate to the beam life and beam babes? And after we started talking, I'm like, forget if you're ever a dancer, like this, this has nothing to do with that. This has to do with finding, like you said, your voice, courage, um, willing to pivot and go different direction than maybe what you've been told or shown. And that can relate to literally anyone, um, not just dancers. And I know dance dancers are your passion. Performing arts is your passion. Um, and really helping these, um, you know, women and students of the performing arts kind of see what you saw. So before we get more into that, you have an amazing podcast. I was just telling you before we got started, how much I've enjoyed binging on your episodes, um, because they have, they're quick and they have these great little nuggets. Uh, you have some amazing guests on there, um, that, you know, share their wisdoms and their journeys, but let's talk a little bit about Point to Rise and what is kind of your drive with Point to Rise? Who is it for and what is it all about? I want to start with how it came about. Okay. So I I was I left corporate America about six years ago because I just couldn't stand. I was just 
repeating what I've learned and that was pleasing people, um, doing everything for everybody else and never ever looking at my needs. And mm. I got into a point in my life that I couldn't handle that anymore. Like I've seen so many rock bottoms. I've seen so many burnouts that in my late thirties, I'm like, there, there has to be another way. Like, it cannot be, but I didn't do the work. So I slipped right into that um, in my own company that I had. And when the pandemic hit, it was like somebody had lifted off this huge weight off of my shoulders and had given me a letter of that said, here is your permission. Now go what mm. you actually love to do. And so I first thought, okay, I'm just going to serve dancers because if I had known what I know now, when I was in my early 20s, even when I was going through my training, I would have been completely different dancer. I would have actually would have been able to live my dream. Okay. And the only thing holding me back was the things that I didn't know. Right. Um, and it just didn't feel right though. So Point to Rise is, is literally was created out of that wanting to help, wanting to serve. It's a community. And it also is my own journey of understanding that everything that we want to change starts with us. And particularly mm. in the performing arts, we're putting so much on everybody else's shoulder and telling them what to do, when to do it, how to feel, how to make us feel, um, when to give us money. And I was just tired of listening to that. And that's <laughs> why Point to Rise really came about. Because I wanted to coach them. I wanted to give them the gift yeah. that I had gotten, um, but earlier, so they could live a different life. And the podcast was born simply because I needed, there was so much that I wanted to say, and I didn't know how to, I was afraid. Just launching the podcast, Caitlin, oh my gosh. I mean, I was in a corner, shivering feeling nauseous um having to go to the shit <laughs> I almost shut myself I'm like what is going on like my body had such yes drastic reactions from stepping out of, of my comfort zone and I still have a little bit of that when I record like my voice starts cracking when it's a, a yes. topic that I'm either not sure of, or I haven't really discovered in myself yet, or I get nervous. Like whenever I get uncomfortable, my voice still starts cracking, but at least I don't feel like vomiting anymore. So <laughs> I needed to go through that process to become that next version of myself, to yes. step into becoming a founder of a company that then can drastically change the entire footprint of the performing arts, right? So it was a stepping stone and I'm having... I got to really um, connect with such amazing people too, right? It, it really forced me to ask for help, to say, hey, yes. I have this podcast. It, it, it allowed me to provide others with a platform where they could share their thoughts. That's huge. And it's such a, I love how you're like, I have this big dream, right? Like the overall dream is to change the yeah. way performing arts, like the trajectory of some of these um, dancers and artists and to be able to um, have a different life than you did. And when you think about like the undertaking of that, that would be enough for like just to stop 
most people, they'd be like, there's, there's no way I'm like, why even try? It's too big of a goal. Um, but I love your approach to it, which is one thing at a time, you know, one step at a time and allowing yourself to step into this position with uncertainty because uncertainty is really scary and it's, you know, takes a lot of guts and I'm sure, um, you know, I don't want to, um, create something for you, but I'm sure having the history of being on stage and being uncomfortable and so, um, vulnerable in so many different ways, um, has probably helped you to persevere. No, through that a little you bit. Know what? That, that's really interesting. And I never looked at it and one could think that that could be the case, but what I found, so maybe you're right, actually. Um, I, I think it is my intense stubbornness that really lets me persevere and find different ways. I think it's, it's the, the, the knowledge that I now have from like what, what business can look like and how performing arts organizations are ran. I mean, I ran one myself, you know, and I was in the thick of it and I'm like, why, why are we doing that? Um, and my, my two-year-old um, attitude is coming back out. It's like, why? Why are we doing this? You know, mix that with my German-isms. Um, yes. You have a really persistent, stubborn person in front of you that can serve in these kind of circumstances real well. Um, does that have to do with being on stage? Listen, I, in the beginning, I loved being on stage. And the older I got, I, it just frightened me so yeah. much. Like to the point where I had anxiety attacks that I didn't even know I had them. Mm. Um, because we didn't talk about that back then. We didn't even have the language. Right. It was seen as something, oh, while well, you're getting old, maybe it's time for you to step off the stage. Mm. Mm-hmm. How interesting is that? It's like your intuition, which we're told is our guiding force, is telling you one thing, but yet someone else is trying to tell you what that means, you know? Um, and it's like, okay, you're too old, just out for pasture. Now (laughs) your time is done here. (laughs) And it's like, uh, I I love that you listened to that and you did something. So my whole thing is I love to know people's like light bulb moment. And I think you kind of talked about it. It was sort of through COVID, but what was like that moment that you decided it's time to pivot. And I want to do this podcast. This is the new trajectory. These are the people I want to serve. When did that happen? And what did that look like for you? Um, so the, the, the actual, it was like a 30 second conversation I had with Chris Harder, who said, Hey Susie, like, you know me, I'm, I'm point blank. Um, and he said, your ego is your, your biggest overhead. Stop making it about yourself. Mm. And I'm like, ow, what are you talking about? Gentle, (laughs) be kind. Okay. He he was like, she's German. She can take it. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Great. Um, and he, and it was just like this, this mask or this weight even that had been lifted off of me. And it's like, oh, wow, I did make it all about me. As in, I am too afraid 
I am too scared. I am not knowledgeable enough. I have all of this history. I need to let go. It was all I, I, I. I was the dancer again. And it was, was all about me. Mm-hmm. As in, they're going to judge me. Um, I'm not going to get this job. All of these things that we're placing outside of ourselves, but we're really making it about us because we're feeling so unworthy. I was still there. And that was, you know what, not too long ago, yeah, <laughs> maybe nine months ago. And that for me was my aha moment that, oh my gosh, yes. And I think that's the problem too that we're seeing in, in, in the world, perhaps. Yeah. That, yeah, we're making it so much about ourselves and how we want to be perceived versus coming from a place of service. And when I switched yes. that, it felt like, my intuition was actually able to kick in even more and I could listen and say, okay, what, what do I need in order to make this possible? So good. Service is so big. And, and another thing that Chris Harder said, I've, you know, heard him speak in a group that I'm in, and that's obviously our common, um, thread there that brought us together. But he also talked so much about how it was in this, it was a light bulb moment for me. And it was about money and asking for sales and knowing your worth. And I remember him saying like, not selling your gifts at all, or not selling them for what they're worth is selfish because the world needs what you have to offer because you're the only one that can offer it. So instead of placing all these things about, I, I, I'm scared. I don't know if someone's going to buy this. I don't know if if people are going to like it. I don't know. I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. When you look at it as it's selfish not to serve, it's selfish not to give my gifts. I was like, oh shit. (laughs) You're so right. Yeah, but these, these are the, that's all we need sometimes to understand that we're in our own way, right? Always. Yeah. And, and I I think that's why I'm always going to have a coach because there's, there will always be something that I don't know, that I don't see, that I don't hear, even though we have gained some really great self-awareness, um, yeah, you just need somebody in your corner that can, you know, get yeah. you out of whatever you're in in like 2.3 seconds. Yeah, shine some light on it for sure. Yeah. So how long from when you kind of had this light bulb idea moment of I'm going to, you know, start this podcast, I'm going to start this media company to actually taking action? What was that timeline like? Yeah. So such a great question. <laughs> um, so I have to um, raise my hand here. I'm I'm the worst procrastinator <laughs> the earth has ever seen. Okay. I don't know. I we don't know. I, each you other don't know. Well Do you want to? <laughs> Shall we start a competition? Right. Uh, um, and so from the moment where he said so, the podcast had already been out, but I dialed it up, meaning that in I'm just celebrating and. Oh, November 1st, my one year anniversary in that podcast. Oh, and we congratulations. have 155 episodes at that point. I was like, this woman's on fire. It's insane how many episodes you have. So that was my, okay, let's get going. Yeah. Let's really serve. Because I also found 
I found joy in having conversations with other people. Like, oh, this yes. is this is great. Like, I'm learning so much. Um, so that was really, really lovely. And actually, we're looking at launching another podcast for Rice Media all together, seven episodes um with co-host and 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 it's just gonna be a little bit bigger. But hadn't I taken that step with Point to Rise, I would have never been able to think seven episodes making yes. it, you know, bigger and who knows what comes after that and being okay with taking those steps. So from there, uh, it took me another, I think, two months to actually, okay, so how am I going to get money for this baby? Because mm -hmm. I'm launching a platform that has to have certain things. Like I'm, just the website is not going to do it. Yes. <laughs> and, and an app. And there needs to be staff before and, 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 and we need to have partnerships and, and, and. So how am I going to do that? So procrastination, I think I started a crowdfunding campaign to, to actually put it all together when did we start in April or May wow. and we're launching November 9th. So, mm -hmm. so exciting because this girl was sitting here. It's like, Oh my gosh, do it. I don't know how to, <laughs> what's it going to look like? What if nobody wants it? Um, yeah. And then I just said, Oh, screw this. You're never going to yeah. find out, you know, the answer is always going to be no. And I am so, I'd rather sit in the hope. Yes. Than to actually hear the yes or the no, man. It's, that is one of my biggest pitfalls I have yet yeah. to conquer. Anyhow, so that was, wow, what is that? Like seven months, eight months? Yeah, something like that. Hey, Bean Babe, I'm sorry to interrupt this super juicy episode. I know you're soaking up every second of it. But before we get back to it, I want to make sure that you're part of the free Beam Life text community. It's super simple. All you have to do is text me BEAM to 323-673-2709. That's it. Just text me the word BEAM to 323-673-2709. After that, I'll be able to send you pump up texts throughout the week to keep you motivated and truly feel unstoppable. It's also a place where you can send me podcast requests. We can talk back and forth. It's not just a one-way street. And my favorite thing is I get to actually connect with you off of the podcast, off of social media, and it's just me and you being able to uh, hash things out wherever you need support. So I look forward to hearing from you. Text me BEAM, 323-673-2709. Now back to the episode. That's phenomenal. What keeps you motivated to keep going? Because right, you know, there is that um, right now before you launch, it's all the work and it's kind of the hope and then all like you were talking about what's what is this all building up to um but there hasn't been that actual launch yet which can sometimes be like the super motivating part of it but mm -hmm. all the build up from conception to launch what keeps you motivated to stay on track and to get this out into the world the great question um sometimes i don't even know and that shows me that A, it's the right thing. And, and yeah. B, this is um, bigger than I am. Okay. So what keeps me motivated is seeing the potential that this platform literally could change how we're mm. going to move forward on, on how performing arts companies are actually acquiring funding altogether, which means if they're in a 
in an abundance of money at any kind of state, not depending on, you know, having performances airing every weekend or not, um, that keeps me going. Yeah. That will change how performing artists live, what they get paid, um, how their future will look like after they step on out of the stage and what that future generation going into then is able to experience. Yeah, I, I read it, um it's beautiful. It was a comment in a in a long thread after New York City Ballet went back on stage in September. And there was somebody saying, you know, the arts belong on the front page every single day. And I, I agree with that. Yeah. But you're not acting the way that you actually belong there. So I I would love that this this company, this platform, this community, this whole purpose is going to put performing arts back on the front page. Yeah. I mean, the performing arts are such a, it's a beautiful thing because it's not only a skill, but as the person experiencing it and going, it makes you feel things. And it's truly an emotional experience in many ways, at least the performances I've seen, whether it's ballet or theater or anything in between, it truly does um, make you feel something and you appreciate that. And and yeah, I, I love what you're doing for that community and that it's so close to your heart and your mission is big. And I do know that um, with one step at a time, I have zero doubts that it will be everything you want and more mm. because you have that passion and drive and it's felt, um, in your voice and, and all that you're doing. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the 10 year old Suzanne, <laughs> cause you had shared a little bit about this on our pre-call, how it was at 10, right? You went to, um, what do they call it? Board. It's kind of like a boarding school. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So what was that experience like, you know, leaving home and being part, is you part of a company or you're just part of the school? How does that work? Okay. So uh, imagine a 10 year old nowadays would leave home and be basically left on their own. So what it was that we had three big schools in the country that were able to facilitate the training that it takes um, for you to become a professional ballet dancer. And they were in free cities and, you know, the rest of the country had to just go and then apply if they can um, actually live in the dorms, which were right in the school building itself. Um, So I got in, I got accepted, I got a spot. So, and then there it was, September 1st, 1984, you know, I had all my belongings packed up and we drove to Berlin. I was an hour away and... I was dropped off and I was left with 15 other girls in a huge room with like bunk beds. And that's how we, yeah, operated for six years in the building. And then two years we we were living off of outside of the school, which was great. Right. Because you didn't have to, like we had consistent access to all the studios and, and to everything. So it was, um, expected of us that we would after a full day of school and ballet training would then go back to the studio and and keep working on our body and 
well, do that six days out of the week. At, wow. At that really fragile age, right? Yes. Um, it was, I was such a mother's baby. Um, I I was the, the baby of the family. My mother was 41 when she had me. Um, my dad had passed away when I was six. So I was very, mm-hmm. I had huge abandonment issues. So when, when I was on my own, like I was struggling so much. Yeah. I still don't like Sundays. I really don't. Yeah. Because that was your day off, huh? Well, it was the day where I had to pack back up and, and get on a train and go back to school. Oh, know, go back to I the see. judgment, go back to yeah. these 15 other girls that would point out all the flaws that you have. I mean, we were in a consistent competition with each other. Um, and you know how it is between girls. I mean, boys oh, yeah. probably the same, but they were a little bit... A, there weren't as many and B, they were just, yes. they were down to earth. They were just, we'll just, we'll hash it out. Girls go behind the back, you know, they, they yes. have like little cutthroat. clicks. And if you're not part of that, oh my gosh, that was, it was terrible. I don't have many fond memories of right. that time. No. So Back from later, 10, 15, 16, that was better. Yeah. Is that when you were, was it 18 when you left to kind of go do your own thing into your own, a new company, a bigger company? Yeah, I was, yeah, I got my very first job. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? Because, you know, growing up in this environment, this strict school where it's like, you know, you see it on the movies, but I'm sure you're living it in real life and it's not even as quarter of the glamorous that they make it on the movies. Um, and it's, you're basically being told, I'm sure everything, how much you can eat, how much you should weigh, what you should look like, when to go to sleep, when you can go to the bathroom. Is that kind of what it's like? And then you're out on your own at 18. And you're like, huh? Yeah. So, um, a a day in the dorms, I mean, we, it wasn't that we were told we had like times when we had to get up depending on when our day really started. Um, and we only had one bathroom on the entire floor. So we had to structure when everybody would go. There were no showers there, just sinks. So we would wash ourselves with like, yeah. you know, big glasses and filling up the sinks and like getting ourselves yeah. awake yeah. that way. Um, and we had a big eating mensa I think that's what you call where we you know at I don't know seven o'clock you could have breakfast and then you had to scarf it down because at eight o'clock you had your very first class um but you were it was made for you or you were told what to do okay we had like we all had chores that we had to complete once a week um we had to do our homework there we were told when to like we all had one person looking out for us telling us when to sit down to do homework and it was moving and a little bit but it was also very much telling us what to do and particularly it was more so in a ballet studio you know Mm, because there, there was no wiggle room it was either this way or the highway there was no in between. And I think that really was hard for me because I was, I was living on my own since I was 16. I mean, we, we had dorms off campus, basically. It yeah. was like a half an hour, either way drive. 
And that was freedom. Oh man, that was so cool. I bet. Yeah, so fantastic. I mean, 16, I was going shopping for myself and making myself dinner, you know? I look at my 17-year-old and he's just learning that. Um, (laughs) But that's my fault, not his. Um, So, but then when you're completely on your own and when you're stepping into a company and nobody tells you anymore, okay, I need you to go away because tomorrow we're going to check how much you gained or how much you lost. I was flying free. Like there was no fear breathing down my neck anymore. And I didn't know how to operate in the studio. I didn't know how to be as a, as a professional dancer without that fear being forced down my neck all the time. Right. Right. And I couldn't, I, I could not function. I didn't know what to do. Like it completely threw me off so much. So that I gained like 20 pounds at like 19. I looked like, I don't know, a chicken. Um, <laughs> and they had put so much hope in me, you know? And then yeah. there I was like blown up like a balloon. Um, I drank like nobody's business. <laughs> I smoked at least a pack, if not more a day. Um, and I was in relationships that were really, really not healthy for me so that was a three-year journey to figuring out what who like where's my I had no goal because the goal was be in this company and you had had nothing after right oh that's so good because I think that a lot of people miss that right it's we we work so hard to get somewhere and of course if you work hard enough at anything you're gonna get there but who are you when you arrive and have you even enjoyed it along the way, you know, and then what's next? Because oftentimes those goals happen in our twenties, thirties, forties, even fifties, where we still have, I mean, people live to be well into their nineties and hundreds, 50 years old. You're only halfway through your life, God willing. So what happens next, you know, and so always having that as a, um, you know, as an anchor, but not an end all be all such an important point. So at what point you said that was about a three-year journey, when did your intuition kind of kick in and say, okay, Suzanne, this is enough. Like what the hell are you doing? It was when I had sleeping tablets on my night desk and I didn't know Mm. where to go anymore. And I, I literally took them, um, not caring if I wake up or I actually, I I wish that I wouldn't wake up. Yeah. You didn't want to face it anymore. And I really, um, intuitively again, decided, okay, I'm actually going to live. And what does that look like? I have no idea, but I knew that I didn't want to stay in that opera house. I, Yeah. Yeah. So I took some steps and it was graciously denied to, to be um, part of other companies, at least in Germany. I was like, and looking back when I connect the dots backwards and I thank goodness, because I didn't yeah. do it for the right reasons, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, and mm, had a boyfriend who for the first time I felt like I was treated nicely. And um, he decided to move back to the States and I'm like, woohoo. 
Yeah. 13-year-old Susie who decided that Germany is not the country for her and always wanted to get out. I took that ticket. I took that opportunity and I moved with him. Amazing. Um, yeah. I so, think it was that moment. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that you talk about in your podcast, we talked about it on the prequel, our pre-call is... Um, how you always kind of have this sense of curiosity and asking questions and maybe you hadn't realized it quite then yet because it's when you work on intuition, I believe that sometimes you don't even know really what's happening. It's later when you see what you were actually doing. That's, that's how I feel about it. But it seemed as though you were doing what you often talk about, which is asking the questions, remaining curious, and also kind of breaking free from that script that was like, well, here's like, you want to be a dancer? Here's all the things you have to do. Here's who you have to be. Here's what it looks like. Follow this and you'll be a dancer, right? You'll be a professional dancer. Um, And it seems like you did all that and yet fulfillment wasn't there. So you're in the States now and you've had so much experience up until this point. You got the dream job. You've left now. You're here in the States. Um, When did this like curiosity kind of kick in and kind of doing it your way start to happen for you? Um, I think the first spark of that was when I was in corporate America and, you know, I was responsible for several stores, retail stores. And um, again, we had the script on how to, everything yes, should be It shows up like, everywhere. Yeah. Yes, it did. But I didn't know that until like really not too long ago either. And yeah. I looked at it and, okay, you, you want me to run this mother as it would be my own? I threw this out. I was like, screw this. No, no, we're going to go from here. We're going to go from what I've learned and what I'm seeing and what the customers are actually telling us. Oh boy, did I get in trouble. Mm. Like big time trouble. And that was my pivotal moment in that. um, To say, "Hmm, no, not for me. However, that dimmed the curiosity of a little bit because I remember even as a kid, I got in trouble when I asked questions and I was told a lot to stop asking questions, stop asking questions. Mm. Um, so it, when did it come back? COVID. When I started, hey, what if it also started with, oh yeah, Lori and Chris Harder. So when I started really um, opening myself up into their mindset and and enrolled into some of their courses and and their one-on-one calls they're all about asking questions every successful person never ever stops being curious never ever stops learning never ever stops asking questions and I realized that not only did I not ask questions I was actually afraid of asking questions isn't that interesting yeah like we were I was told at 18, okay, you're done learning. You have to be perfect now. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. So this is such a huge, you know, loop to overcome that belief that when we're asking questions, we're not stupid. 
No, yeah. we're asking or questions because we're it's okay curious. to not know everything too. Yeah. Well, that was oh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge journey. And I would say that's when that started. Um, and which led me then to ask more questions around, hey, what if, what if arts organizations actually wouldn't have to be non-for-profit? What if performing artists could earn money while on stage and having some multiple streams of income? Like, what would that look like? How could we make this yeah. happen? And that's really when it started, like the ball started rolling and it opened up. Like, I still get overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, there's so much that I don't know. And <laughs> I judge myself around that. You should be knowing that. And, and I really right. have to talk to her and tell her, you know what, you, no, well, we're okay. done with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of is like a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is perfectionism. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers yeah. to perfectionism. So obviously I can't think of any industry, maybe besides fashion and supermodels where perfectionism is glorified. Mm. It is everything in terms of perfect body, perfect technique, perfect, um, facial expression. I mean, I'm sure it's just every single thing about you is, um, judged. And I cannot imagine, you know, I, I look at my daughter who's Five, and it starts even younger than that, these internal conversations. And then you have these mentors who are telling you these things, right? And it's like, I can't imagine how that probably internalized in you. And I am so inspired and blown away that you somehow saw that that wasn't the way you needed to be. And perfection perfectionism is bullshit. You know, we all know that, but to say it is easy to believe it is a million times harder. Um, because I know it's bullshit. And yet I feel like in anything I do, I struggle with that perfectionism because I want it to be the best. And that's just a personality trait of mine. And I always, I had that instilled in me growing up. So how have you managed to take this heavy weight that was given to you on perfectionism and all these things I'm sure you built up about yourself and not only inspiring dancers and performing artists, but women and people who listen to your podcast. I mean, how do you even start to break that down? Because it's, it's huge. I think, and it's such a great question. Where do you start? Right. I think when I was yeah. at the beginning of the journey, I was so overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my gosh, where do, where do I start? Like, I don't even know where the root is here. Um, and <clears throat> I had to come with terms that it was my deep, deep rooted feeling of unworthiness that helped me in, in all of these places, judgment, perfectionism, procrastination, um, comparinitis, all of that, every action that I took, every conversation that I had um, came from a place of unworthiness. Mm. And that's where I started because most of the things that we're struggling with really root from our own insecurities, meaning our own feeling yes. of not enoughness, of unworthiness. And 
I mean, it's this will be a lifelong journey for me, honestly, yeah. because it is so there's so many layers. Like the more I take off, it's like, always, oh wow, yeah. that hole is it's like that's an onion. Huge. <laughs> that's an end. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for it. Um I I don't know. Does does that answer your question? It was such yeah. a big discovery for me. So whenever I feel I need to do something perfect. It's like, for whom are you yes. doing this? Why? Why? That's does what I was getting at. Yeah, that's that's the answer to the question because I think a lot of people maybe don't even realize it yet. Yeah. You know, it's um, we don't even realize we're in this loop of perfectionism because it's the way we've operated our whole life from age three to. 53, 43, 30, whatever it is, it's something that was modeled for us or expected of us. And this is just the way we operate. So I think it's probably for me, it was awareness. I had to have some kind of awareness where I realized it took people around me who supported and loved me and said, why are you killing yourself for this? Whatever it was like, this is so great. And I'm like, no, it's not. It has to be able they're like exactly what you said for who? for what, what reason, because this is fantastic. And, um, yeah, I, I, I find that that is probably like the little nugget there is for who, who are you trying to do this for? So that is the such thing an is amazing that point that we're actually doing it for ourselves to, yeah. to find some kind of validation first, somehow to, to, to stuff these holes that the unworthiness has left us there yeah and it shows up in so many different ways right for for different people it shows up in different ways but that's what it was for me and you too obviously yeah yeah it definitely yeah and and I don't know why you know it's something that has plagued it plagues us for a long time but having those little check-ins with yourself when you kind of feel like you're at that moment of just exhaustion and depletion um it's just asking yourself, why, why are we doing this? And who is it for? Um, and what will the outcome be by just completely emptying your cup? Right. Um, and lastly, I'd love to like wrap up our conversation because there's a million things we could talk about, but it is just, um, underestimating yourself. Um, because, I love that something that you're passionate about talking about because I am as well. My favorite thing is helping a woman see and discover her potential, right? Because you can tell people all day long, you're great. You're wonderful. You are made for this. Um, you know, this is, this is your purpose, but until somebody really feels that it's all just words. So what is like for those on that journey of trying to discover purpose or start something new that might feel overwhelming and scary, like this huge media company that you're doing to change this trajectory of performing arts, right? That's no small feat. So what would you tell someone who is a con constantly underestimating themselves? Hmm. So the short answer would be don't because you're only serving <laughs> yes. your ego. Um, Love it. And the, the, 
a little longer answer would be, um, I would tell them to get in a room with women who are where they want to be. Yes. Finding somebody else, giving them permission to step outside of their shell, because that's sometimes all we really truly need is that permission because we can't give it to ourselves. I love that. And, and such a wise piece of advice is stepping into a community of women, what, who can show what's possible because a lot of the times we are limited, you know, they, I love this. Um, there's so much science back behind it, but how they use the example of like breaking the record for a marathon or a run, how it'll stay the same for years and years and years and years, and no one will break it. And then that one person does. And then it's like, boom, 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 boom. All these people break the record. It's because we were shown what's humanly possible. So I love that answer is putting yourself in a position with other women who are doing and are where you're wanting to be. Um, massive, so massive. I love that. Um, so, so much good stuff today. And like I said, we could talk and talk and talk because, you know, from what I thought maybe your message was to what you're actually doing, I'm like, anyone could listen and learn from what you're, putting out into the world. And I'm so grateful that our paths crossed and I want to know what's next for you. I mean, you're launching obviously this beautiful thing in November and what does that look like? And, and how is that going to be for you? Okay. Well, let's get into the itty gritty. So we're launching a crowdfunding campaign on November 9th, which by the way is a huge universally guided gate as the date as well, because November 9th, 1989 was when the wall came down in Berlin. Wow. So yet again, you know, I get goosebumps just saying that. Um, So we're raising the pre-seed capital for actually building an MVP, meaning a a viable product, to then have something um, that can already produce money. So I'm learning all of this too, any kind of business and investment and, and, and um, to, um, yeah, launch the platform in April and be well on our way on building that out and, and, and really just giving ourselves and the team the, com- the permission to nothing is impossible at this point. Nothing. Yes. I believe that for you. And I cannot wait to see the success because it's going to be fantastic. I just, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Um, where can Beam Babes find you? Because you you're all over many different platforms and social. So I'll, I'll of course drop it in the show notes as well. But where do you show up the most? So I show up the most on my Instagram, honestly. <clears throat> on Hilarious show. reels, by the way. <laughs> I, I love you. your reels. <laughs> I'm starting to them. actually enjoy doing yes. this, you know. Um and where else? I'm a pod. The podcast has a um, a page is point underscore two underscore rise. Um, and Rise Media now also has a page. And we are all over on LinkedIn, um, Pinterest, Twitter. Uh, that might be it. 
All the things. Yeah. I love All it. The things. Yeah. I love it. So before we end our call today, I like to end with the beam babe lightning round, 11 questions, whatever comes to mind. It's a great way for us to be able to get to know you on a more personal level. So are you ready? I'm ready and don't judge. That's all I, I, say. <laughs> <laughs> I love when word answers I'm, or, you know, a couple word answers. Cause it's always like, what is someone going to say? So first question, a beam babe is. A woman who lives her own life. Mm. Favorite song that always makes you dance. Sean Mendes. Um, something big is coming or something big is happening. Yeah. He's my oh, guy. So I love him. So good. He's so, so good. good. <laughs> Currently reading. Oh, several books. I'm I'm I can't really zoom in in just one. So I actually put them here. It's it's about damn time, Erlene Hamilton. Oh, that sounds um, great. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's actually something that amazing book. Over and over and over again. This actually helped me so much. Um to understand when my limiting beliefs and my glass ceilings came in. Like, this is how I gave myself permission to build a media company as a performing artist who has no college degree, no what beautiful, whatever you need, or people think such a good book. And I'm, uh, I'm rereading the gifts of imperfection from Brittany Brown. We just finished that in my, in my beam life book club. It's amazing. I had never read it when she came out with it 10 years ago. And I'm like, this is a book I'm going to pick up every year and just go back to that. What gifts do I need to be working on right now? And Untamed Um, by Glennon Doyle is another one that changed my life. So there you go. Literally so good. So good. A beam babe that inspires you. A beam babe that inspires me. So I find it really, really hard to just zoom into, I'm going to just like rapid fire a few. So Lori Harder is definitely somebody that inspires me very, very much. I am forever grateful for her. Yes. Um, Kim Perel, Kathy Heller, um, Shirlene Johnson. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just going to leave it there. Love it. Last thing that made you feel grateful. Hmm. This morning, um, so I have recommitted to working out. I'm at it since May, and I was grateful that I showed up for myself this morning, even though I really didn't want to. Me too. I didn't press snooze today. That was my thing. I said, I'm recommitting to not pressing that damn snooze button. (laughs) Good for you. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, That's what I said. I was like, I'm on less. Yes, Mel. Here we go. When are you most inspired? Um, two things when I'm out in nature and surrounded by either trees or animals. Um, Mm. and when I'm in a room with people that only have my very best interest at my, at heart. Yeah. Love it. What always makes you laugh? My kids. They're hilarious, (laughs) particularly my 10 year old. Yeah. So good. Favorite meal or food? so hard because I'm not a, I'm still not a food person. Um, man, I, I love a good steak. Yum. Yeah. Yum. I'm With like that. the best outside of the box thinking salad you can ever make. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, if you could raid anyone's closet, who would it be? That is such a hard question. I don't even know. <laughs> it's like, okay, don't judge me, but what's her name? Um, Haley. Haley Beaver. Oh my I God. Think she, she is so gorgeous. I want her stuff. Best style. Best yeah. style. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? Chocolate. A lot of, <laughs> like all the time, chocolate. I knew we would be best friends, you yeah. know? <laughs> German chocolate. Yes. Oh my God. The best. What always makes you beam? Hmm. Oh gosh. This conversations like this always, like there is no, I never get out of them dis- disappointed or empty. Yeah. That always makes me beam. Yeah. Me too. Days I have conversations like this, my cup is so full and I feel energetic and alive. And I'm like, this, this is like the, you know, it's the place that I feel this is me. And it's such a beautiful feeling. And I loved sharing space with you today and learning from you. And I am so grateful for your time with us. And I know that this is just uh, the beginning of this relationship. I can't wait to see where you take um, Rise Media, and I'm very excited. So, Suzanne, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a delight. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. You are the best, Bean Babe. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another Beam Babe or post it on social and tag me at The Beam Life so I can tell you thank you for helping me share the mission. You can also send me a text, yes, a real text, to 323-673-2709 where we can connect outside of the podcast. You can either chat with me one-on-one or just receive the weekly text I send to beam you up throughout your week. Anyways, it's been fun as always, and I'm honored to be a part of your journey. Until next time, keep beaming, babe.